of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Close your eyes, begin to bless the name of the Lord. Just give him glory. Bless his holy name. Give him glory. Bless his holy name. Just thank God for your life. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his grace. That is sufficient for his strength that is made perfect. Even in the times of our weakness. Sometimes it's it's amazing when it comes to thanksgiving we are not aggressive in our spirits at all when we are binding demons we find all the fervency but i believe it is a good thing to thank god it is a good thing to give him glory thanksgiving has a way of opening the heavens and inspiring miracles signs and wonders and the hand of god to move in your life the hymn writer said count your blessings and name them one by one name them one by one thank him even if you don't have anything specific to be thankful for thank god for the fact that you are alive thank god for the fact that you are still walking healthy thank god for the fact that you are breathing free thank god for the fact that he continues to look over your life Come on, give him glory, give him praise. Give him glory, give him praise. Let your thanksgiving open the heavens for another miracle. Even thank him for the things you have not seen yet. Thank him for the, the, the things he hasn't answered yet. The, the prayers he has not answered yet. Just give him glory for them. Bless his holy name. Sada bahata kata sele lede baraba shuda katata. Thank him for the victory of the cross. Thank him for the victory of Calvary. Adolo shige bahata sida bahata. Gadola rama zata kata bahata sha. Sosteke behe rede rebe rebe rebe. Rodovo shaka bahata. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray for open heavens. Let your word find entrance into our hearts, our spirits. Let it penetrate every crevice of our spirits to deliver purpose tonight. In Jesus' name, how we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Shall we put our hands together for the Lord as we take our seats? Hallelujah. Oh, your amen is jaundiced. Hallelujah. Your amen is anemic. Hallelujah. Your amen is crippled. Hallelujah. That's better. Great. How many of you are excited to be in church this evening? All right. Your excitement can be seen, but it's not audible. How many of you are excited to be in church today? Hallelujah. We want visible, palpable, audible excitement in the house of God. Amen. All right. Um, Pastor Della said, You never know what I'm coming to do but today i'm coming to preach hallelujah <laughs> i'm coming to preach amen yeah um i'll veer away from the church a bit this sunday is our cell day right it's our cell day so i don't want to resume and then break 
and then restart next week so i'll do something else today and then we'll restart after next week from wednesday going hallelujah and those of you who went for the easter break you are welcome back amen we believe you had a good easter we also enjoyed ourselves on good friday night and on easter sunday and believe wherever you were you were blessed mightily hallelujah all right so today my assignment is very simple by this word that i'm going to preach my aim is to break you out of the place of mediocrity hallelujah in this year of possibilities you shouldn't entertain mediocrity in your life you shouldn't entertain mediocrity in your mind you shouldn't entertain mediocrity in your spirit at all hallelujah so the title of my message today is don't settle for less everybody say don't settle for less look at somebody and say don't settle for less look at another person and say don't settle for less look at somebody behind you and say don't settle for less even if it's a chair tell the chair <laughs> shouldn't settle for less hallelujah you know when you read the book of daniel daniel chapter 5 in the verse number 12 give me daniel 5 12 it says for as much as an excellent spirit somebody say an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same daniel whom the king named belteshazzar now let daniel be called and he will show the interpretation now daniel was being described as somebody with an excellent spirit now excellence is a spirit somebody says it's a spirit in the same way that excellence is a spirit mediocrity is also a spirit hallelujah and tonight may every spirit of mediocrity be broken off your life in the name of jesus the aim of tonight is to break you into another level a higher level some of you are too satisfied with too little but today we are not going to settle for little hallelujah because there's so much in god there's a song that i like it said and we will not settle for less for we know what there's more that is found in you hallelujah you should break away from the place where you are just satisfied with things being ordinary i think one of the the spirits that really reigns in africa is the spirit of mediocrity in fact if we should be doing any serious binding it is that spirit we should be binding it is the cause of all our problems we are too mediocre in the way we think it's like mediocre has become the new norm and for africa it's not even new it's, it's always been there let me try and look for a dictionary definition somebody should google the meaning of mediocre mediocre and let's see what mediocre means mediocre of only average quality not very good synonyms are ordinary, ordinary common common commonplace commonplace average average indifferent indifferent middle of the road middle of the road middle that means no destination you just stop in the middle there uh -huh. medium medium moderate moderate every day every day 
tolerable tolerable passable passable mm. fair that means they can pass by you nobody even notices you fair fair not fair in complexion second <laughs> it's rate not very good not very bad second rate inferior inferior uninspired uninspired undistinguished undistinguished unexceptional unexceptional unexciting unexciting unremarkable unremarkable run off the mill run off the mill not very good not very good pedestrian pedestrian <laughs> just uh, walking around <laughs> not even motorbike <laughs> pedestrian forgettable working on foot yes forgettable forgettable amateurish amateurish not professional at all now the informal ones are mm. okay and so those were the formal yeah, ones the formal give me the ones. informal ones informal ones are okay okay so 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 box standard box standard half pie half pie yes, sir. Eh? look at all these words <laughs> and phrases that is what mediocrity is and today you are living the realm of mediocrity in the name of jesus yeah africa we like mediocrity we celebrate mediocrity when people want to be excellent that is when we criticize them we we have a problem with people who carried the spirit of excellence that they said was important daniel because of our mediocrity those who like excellence tend to criticize a lot and we don't like them because they criticize hallelujah and you see one of the reasons why we celebrate mediocrity on this continent is that we walk in what i call false humility false humility we, we think it's humility to be mediocre like oh small is beautiful simple is nice you know those kind of things we like saying those things in africa it's all mediocrity hallelujah and that is why we also have the phd syndrome, the pull him down syndrome we, we don't celebrate excellence i was watching some comments on social media today you see if you follow the english premier league eh, today is a very in fact you are speaking right now the, the the premier league is being decided very very important match between manchester united and manchester city it's not like manchester united are in contention for the title they should forget about that one the real contention is between liverpool and man city all right as of now liverpool i think has 88 points manchester city has 86 points but liverpool has played one game more than manchester city and so today as we are speaking right now they are playing the match and if you win you get three points if you draw you get one point if you lose you don't get anything so after this match i think how many matches are left three or so yes and from the look of things the remaining three city will win all of them and the remaining three liverpool will win all of them so whatever happens between manchester city and manchester united today is what will determine the fate of the league manchester city has to win so that they'll get three points so that after today when they've all played 35 games manchester city will have 89 and liverpool will have 88 so that after they all win their three points at the end of the day manchester city will win by one point if they draw they'll come to 87 liverpool will have 88 if they all win their remaining three matches liverpool wins the league and the match is between manchester city and manchester united who are on 60 something no even if 
I mean, these three lose all that. There's no way they will win the league. And I was watching the comments, especially from the African supporters of Manchester United. There is a rivalry between Manchester United and Liverpool. Do you get where I'm heading towards now? It's like Haas and Kotoko. And while the, the European supporters of Manchester United are like, look, Manchester City are city rivals. We, too, we want to win the match. A lot of the Africans were like, ah, why should Manchester United win so that their rivals, Liverpool, will come and take the lead? And they are the other go you see african man's mentality <laughs> it is mediocrity we we don't want to be meanwhile if manchester united wins that match they stand a chance of being in the top four which will mean they'll play in the champions league next year which comes with a lot of money but the african guys are not thinking about being in the top four would they, even if we are sixth and our rival does not win we are fine May the Lord heal the spirit of mediocrity from amongst us. Hallelujah. So we, we are plagued with mediocrity. Look at the words. It's unremarkable, pedestrian, passable, forgettable. And a lot of people live their lives. And these are the words that can be used to describe. If we say we are going to describe you, use the words to describe you on your tombstone. It will be all of these words put together. Nobody remembers you for anything remarkable. Nobody. It's like your name is not associated with anything. But not with overflow members. Hallelujah. In this year of possibilities. And you see what pains me is that God has placed so much in people. But because of the spirit of mediocrity. We don't explore. We don't dig deep. One of our biggest problems on this continent is this thing we call tradition we have a very traditional mentality it's like anything you are doing you are looking at how it was done before and you want to do it the same way that is why we are not discovering anything that's why we are not bringing about any inventions if the white people thought the same way our television sets will still be huge like with wooden box and everything because everybody ah this is how it was made charlie let us make it the same way let's keep the tradition going that is the mentality that is killing us as africans but somebody comes and says how can i improve this thing how can i take this thing to another level how can i make this thing better and that is what the spirit of excellence brings and may you receive the spirit of excellence today who says you can't be the next florence nightingale we celebrate those people oh but one day may your name also be written in a textbook and in the history books and may your name be mentioned in dispatches hallelujah all the surgical procedures uh, bassini repair and this and this and this white people so we want a samuel bonsu procedure you see when i say you say <laughs> you should stand on your feet and say i receive it or you there is ministry you want uh, you want excellence in ministry <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah and, and it's possible hallelujah we need to break out of that place of mediocrity we like settling for less we like settling for less so sometimes it looks like some people are some way because they want to insist on the thing being the best all the time in church we need the spirit of excellence excellence means you are doing it to the best that it can be look 
if you have the ability to get 85 percent and you get 80 and you are satisfied it is mediocrity in spite of the fact that 80 is a good mark it's relative to what you have the ability to produce and many people are living below the line of what they actually can do i remember when we started church and i decided that was the venue we we're going to use i know people hey but it's too big it's too big normally when the church is starting you just look for some very tiny place and you know because you expect it to be where two or three are gathered and then gradually humbly we grow the thing like that and all There's a, a lot of people were like ah well, this this huge place if you pack it well can take 250 people sometimes you can even squeeze almost 300 people fresh new church like that and you know that is it recently i was telling somebody about some property we've seen that we are interested in big he was like hey but that is big oh and i told him and so is the vision we, we mustn't settle for less at all he said hey it's big oh to like hey are you sure about it? I said, their vision is also very big hallelujah may the lord give you big visions and may the lord give you the ability to see far excellence is necessary So when the singing is done and it doesn't go well and there's criticism take it in good faith it, it's, it's all in the spirit of excellence hallelujah that criticism is not because so oh, it's because we want to hit excellence we, we mustn't settle for less hallelujah so technical team when the sound is good we, we praise you when the sound is some way too we we tell you a few things you understand today for example when i came i looked microphone one two three four five asymmetry that is recipe for vocal asymmetry and parts asymmetry we have three parts five microphones some will be more than others so you won't hit big output hallelujah yeah so the days that the thing is fine to give out so we've clapped for 10 car teams ah. today it is in the spirit of excellence hallelujah the sound there is not bad it's very good let's clap for them for the sound <laughs> but the five posts here there it is recipe for asymmetry so that if the music people too don't organize themselves well and we have four tenors and one soprano the whole song will be a tenor piece <laughs> you understand yeah. god is a god of detail look at the instructions he gave for the tabernacle very very tiny they didn't just give you hey, you just build something and i shall come and inhabit it what should i build something as you are led A lot of times we, we like this as you are letting you. Ah, as you are led, it can cause trouble sometimes. A few times when you do as you are led, God will see inside for you and you move. And you think, oh, then that is how it has to be done every time. You don't prepare for the worship, you come and then, oh, Charlie, God just sees inside you. This is so now you are as you are led. But it's always better when you plan it well. Hallelujah. When you plan the song progression very well, you plan this. 
if there are some strange changes you are going to do somewhere you inform the instrumentalist before there's a lag you inform the backers before you you, you shock them it's like cardio version <laughs> you shock them you surprise them hallelujah god gives specific details to the nearest inch of the covenant he just say oh just build the box and cover it and just make two angels he gives us the dimensions and even the materials to be used everything detail and i keep telling you that when they say the hair on our head is numbered it's not the same as god knows the number of hair strands on your head god knows the number of hair strands on your head means he knows the total number but it says they are numbered he knows which one is number 954 so today if you comb your hair and 954 is cut by four millimeters he knows it because you are using bad hair cream he's away somebody say detail god is a god of detail sometimes when people are like they're doing too much say, ah, why are you worrying yourself with all these things he said come and back but we can all back in main line but it's better when there's soprano when there's alto when there's tenor even if there's bass you can ah, the bass and it sounds better than if you all just come and we all sing song today you are breaking out of the place of mediocrity yeah you need to break out of it pay attention to small details that's the difference between the the students who get distinction and those who just pass a pass oh you read the notes just cares rich Ali, let me understand let me get the bird's eye view are you a bird <laughs> or you're an eagle you shall mount up with wings as eagle so you'll be there you'll be flying be looking at it meanwhile somebody has entered the details and is reading fine print and that's the difference every time when we are certain questions there'll be bird's eye view questions and there'll be tiny detail questions and that is what separates the boys from the men and the women from the girls hallelujah so the best have you perceive oh, answering the, when he reaches the oh, these people do what all these things we don't need them and then 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 it's because you glossed over it when you were reading it's the same between a good teacher and a mediocre teacher of the way the good teacher breaks the thing down that is why when they are using the fingers to describe their ministries the little one is they say is the teacher he can cut it into small small pieces and and actually digest it and when you've digested and absorbed it well you can present it better to people there are some people they know but they can't teach even in normal secular teaching people know but imparting the knowledge they talk as if you know what they are saying already so at the end of the day you confuse the people they use terms that they haven't explained at the beginning of the teaching and they are using a big big tense and they expect you do, do you understand me and the people are <laughs> confusion all over the place but you think you are saying things like big things and feeling good so god is a god of detail somebody say god is a god of detail hallelujah so so when 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 there's criticism take it in good faith it's one of the ways of overcoming the spirit of mediocrity when it's pointed to you that no this could have been done this way this could have been done this way 
break out of the place of everything must be done the way it has always been done some people cry if you want to send nice words to a lady they don't want to be original just go and copy something who want to if she finds the original it was a copy and paste from somewhere do your own innovation yesterday me and my wife were joking she was like I have to go down on my right knee and propose again because I didn't do that (laughs) we're just joking and laughing over it but there are different ways of killing a cat no 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 why should it be the right knee why not the left knee why not on your elbow <laughs> there are different ways of going about it and if i didn't do it well she wouldn't have said yes instantaneously say instantaneously there was nothing like i'm going to pray about it i'm going to fast about it. there and there it was like jesus with the other thief he said this day you shall be with me but this day this day today be innovative and be original God has put too much inside you for you to be a copycat too much you should also be the standard for somebody to copy and it is possible hallelujah may the Lord grant you the grace to think outside the box innovative come out of the place of mediocrity in fact God hates mediocrity he doesn't like it the parable of the talents it's an example of how God doesn't like mediocrity you say God has given you only one so you let me just sit on it and me I don't want trouble as for my master if I go and gamble with this and I lose it you come and lash me and talk it's mediocrity You, you don't want to be better on the judgment day God will rebuke some people because there are some talents you are sitting on gifts you are sitting on you are not operating them because you are freed because oh I just want to be let me, let me just live my Christian life and go to heaven you hear a lot of believers saying that me, I don't just want to enter heaven I want to enter to an ovation as 2nd Peter 1 11 says it says a great entrance will be ministered some people will enter and nobody will know that they've come just say, uh, that's what he read. Forgettable, not noticeable. Me, I don't want to be forgettable. When I enter, some trumpets must sound, some standing ovation must pipe. You understand? Yeah. But it's better to just enter to no ovation than to be in hell. You understand? Hell there is hot. <laughs> very, very, very hot. But aim high. Hallelujah. Ah, this is brighten your corner where you are it doesn't it doesn't end you a standing ovation it doesn't you have to live a life of sacrifice you must be daring you must impact people's lives you must serve this it's in my heart let me just serve god and love god and die and then i'll go to heaven you go to heaven on that day when they are rewarding people remember when you were in school speech days are supposed to be happy days for everybody but sometimes after speech day you are depressed 
because people are being called and they are being you know like ah me too i could have done maybe you were aiming at some prize me but you didn't work hard enough and you couldn't get it realize you are sad it will be like that in heaven no? that day that marriage a uh, supper some people will have anorexia they can't take part in the feast because they'll be heartbroken they're like ah, why, why, why didn't i aim higher surprisingly we aim higher when it comes to secular things than when it comes to the things of the spirit in school you want to do your first degree follow up with masters possibly do phd professor this that that when it comes to the things of the spirit you let me just be humble me anointing crowd we don't desire big like you know to walk in high dimensions of the anointing they said whoever desires the office of a bishop it's not like you are cocotee in your spirit so you want to desire they said it desired a good thing if you desire to be a teacher of the word a preacher of the word it is a good thing to desire hallelujah but in africa in our spirit of mediocrity when you are talking like that it's like hey charlie humble yourself humble and let god elevate you <laughs> humble yourself and let god lift you up you look at somebody's christianity and you can even say that i wish i were half the christian the person is i, I wish I, I, I were half as gifted god doesn't want you to look at somebody and desire to be half as gifted you must have the spirit of elijah he looked at elijah and said i want double everybody say double double god looked at him and said uh-huh these are the kind of people i'm looking for easy but mantle was passed on to him like that so we must come out of the place of mediocrity a lot of you get you have abilities you know you know i like oh me this that 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 meanwhile if you decide to explode right now we'll all be shocked if we give you a microphone right now we'll all be shocked but, but you are sitting on it may, may you break out of that place of mediocrity today one of my favorite characters when it comes to not settling for mediocrity is david in the bible the, the, the man just couldn't settle for mediocrity it, it's one of my favorite bible characters david will just not settle for mediocrity when david became the king of israel he had read the scriptures he knew what god had promised israel let me show you the land the extent of the land that god had promised israel that's with exodus three seventeen and i have said i'll bring you up out of the affliction of egypt unto the land of the canaanites and the hittites and the amorites and the perizzites and the hevites and the jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey so from this portion of scripture god had clearly defined the extent of the land he was going to give to them it included the land of the canaanites the hittites the amorites the perizzites the hevites and the jebusites now through battles that they fought they managed to get the land of the canaanites they got the land of the hittites the amorites the perizzites and the hevites so most of israel was made up of these places but the land of the Jebusites, where the Jebusites were occupying, 
for several years they were not able to break into it so they were coexisting with the Jebusites and the reason why they couldn't break into the stronghold of the Jebusites was because of where that land was located the city they formed was called Jebus alright that's why they are the Jebusites and it was surrounded by mountains so it was highly fortified you need to climb those mountains before you can get to them and when you're on the high ground you're at an advantage we'll see you early we'll start throwing throwing stones gravity is against you if gravity will fight 70 percent of the battle for us so it was very difficult to just break into the land of the Jebusites to take it up meanwhile it was part of the promise God had given to them and all their ancestors had just settled for it it's like okay well this place there we can't climb up and go to the stronghold let's just coexist but they were settling for less hallelujah they were settling for less and the Jebusites used to taunt them it's like they used to tell them that even if you come here the lame and the blind will even kill you it's like they were creating the impression they were the Jebusites were warlike people like very warlike people but they, they kept taunting the, the people of Israel that if you come even our lame and our blind people will, will stop you so the Israelites were afraid of the Jebusites until David came onto the throne hallelujah he looked at it and said no what God promised us was more than this what God wants us to have it's more than what we have right now we are going to march against that stronghold of the Jebusites and we are going to take the land let's read what happened in 2nd Samuel chapter 5 let's read from verse 6 even in the modern day Israel you know for a very long time there was no nation called Israel until 1948 when they came from all around they scattered it was in fulfillment of a prophecy they scattered across the globe until 1948 when they gathered under one flag the blue and the white flag with the star of david they gathered under one flag as a nation again that was in 1948 and when the united nations when they expressed the jews expressed interest in coming together as a nation once again the united nations made a certain proposal to them as to which land they should be given because at that time the palestinians were occupying where they were supposed to occupy and the united nations knowing that this could be the genesis of conflicts and problems that could last generations they decided to settle them elsewhere in fact they presented to them some 24,000 square meter area which is found in uganda that was what the united nations proposed to them that we will give you a 24,000 square meter piece of land in uganda i don't know where why of all the countries in the world they decided to i can just imagine israel in the middle of africa it would have been very very interesting in fact we would have looked at them in awe because the way they would have prospered and the rest of the people would just be misbehaving those people when it comes to the blessings of god it's on them you open a shop here and let a jew open a shop next to you you see the way the people come and look inside your shop but they will go into they believe they have the blessings of abraham they don't take things like tithing as a joke at all there are jewish companies and multinational companies 
they don't believe they have to advertise they said they don't have to advertise but they will still make it because the blessing of abraham is upon them that's what the jews don't joke with them i mean when we say the hand of god is upon the jews most of the billionaires in america are of jewish descent that's why america they don't joke with israel there are reasons they, they've seen far if, if you can't beat them join them one tiny nation surrounded by enemies arab enemies iran if they had their own way they wipe israel off the face of the earth they hate israel and this tiny nation of just six million people six million is just a little above the population of Accra. that's israel and we have countries that have millions of people whose army alone could be more than the six million people in israel they've tried several times they came together all the enemies they came together sometimes in 1964 or something they came together for a surprise attack on israel and their aim was that they were going to wipe away israel from the surface of the earth six million people we can kill all of you within a very short so about six countries came together put their military might together arm force the air force everything together when israel got wind of the fact that this was all they were planning they were like look we are a tiny country if they bring the war to us they'll finish us so we have to make sure they're unable to come to us so in a surprise attack one midnight they had a very serious minister of defense called moshe diane when you google his name you see him he always has this black patch on his eye sakura man like that very intelligent soldier they planned and had a surprise airstrike attack on all the planes the whole idea is that you can't come to us if you come to us you finish us they grounded all the six countries all their war planes were grounded in one night so there's no way you can come to us if we are come to fight we're going to fight in your territory and it's your people who die there within this is six days or so the war was over and israel had actually now captured land that wasn't even part of their land initially they had become instead of being wiped away they had now become bigger so when you hear of gaza strip golan heights all those things since 1960 something that they captured their enemies have not been able to take it away from them when the hand of god is upon you the hand of god is upon you that's why america they saw they said look these people if you can't beat them just align with them nicely that's why america doesn't joke with israel at all obama came and was trying to do some things trump came and said hey, this thing stop this joking you are joking you know you do you know the history of our attachment to israel because obama wanted everybody else to like him he wanted to like dilute their relationship with israel so that the arabs too would like him they'll give them oil and you know those kind of things trump came say hey, ask for trump if you don't like him crowd the fact that he stands for the cause of the jews and christianity alone me i like him for that you should have seen his speech at easter he was talking like a pastor talking about the resurrection of jesus christ and this and that and this and that last time he said now the word christmas must be reintroduced into america they're trying to take the christ out of the whole thing and make it xmas and holiday season and stuff like that they like the season but they don't like the christ and they said no we would call it christmas because it's about christ hallelujah so when they proposed giving them this land in uganda some of the older generation people were going to accept it And one young man, they call him David Ben Gurion. He's the first prime minister of Israel. 
is like what Kwame Nkrumah is to Ghana. He said, no, 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 no. This is not what God promised us. Uganda, no. Uganda may have rivers, but none of them is the Jordan. Which cleans lepers, which was split open. They have mountains, but none of them is Mount Zion. <laughs> we want the original, what God promised us. So we are not going to sit and settle for this. We won't settle for less. We won't go to Uganda. The land that God gave to our forefathers is what we are going to take. And I pray that that kind of spirit will come into you. That you will not settle for less. You will go for what God has said and what God has promised and what God has established in your life. You say, won't sit down. And they fought and they fought and they fought. It's just like Ghana. The independence, the old people, UGCC, which has metamorphosed into MPP now. Their slogan was self-government in the shortest possible time. White man, if you give him shortest possible time, it will be another 200 years old. Come and said, no, 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 no. You, you old, slow people. That's not what we want to. He did his own, went and formed CPP. And he took similar words of the slogan, but changed the spirit of it from self-government in the shortest possible time to self-government now. We want it now. And that is what made Ghana the first country south of the Sahara to gain independence. We need that kind of spirit. You don't settle for less. When the devil gives you less, say, no, no, no. This is not what God promised me. I want the original. I want the original blueprint. I want to go by the ancient paths. I want to be led along the eternal highways. I'm not taking the alternate path that you are bringing to me at all. So David also had that kind of spirit. He said, look, this is not what we were promised. The land of the Jebusites is supposed to be part of Israel. And so we are going to march up to it. And what does the Bible say? It said, and the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites. The interesting thing is that the land of the Jebusites is what became Jerusalem. Yeah. Look at what Jerusalem is now. Look at what Jerusalem represents in the world now. Look at what Jerusalem even represents in the Bible. They would have lost all of that if they had settled for less. That's why I pray that you will not settle for less. Their forefathers had settled for less. Your forefathers had settled for less. Your family people have settled for less. But that is going to change with you. Hallelujah. He said, no, no, no. This is not what God promised us. We are going to march up. He said, unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, except thou take away the blind and the lame, thou shalt not come in hither. That means even the blind and the lame, you can't cross them in order to be able to come to us they were just putting fear in the people of israel whenever you want to break boundaries the enemy will put fear in you and a lot of the time he creates a caricature that doesn't exist and when you allow fear to come you'll be afraid of a caricature which is not really real and does not exist so they are just created this myth that the people are so strong that even they are blind who cannot see and those who cannot walk crack and beat you defeat you and on top of it they were on a highland how do you climb the mountains without them noticing you are coming to throw bows and arrows and things at you it was not possible he said thou shalt not come in hither thinking david can, cannot come in hither 
So they were throwing the threats, thinking David would just be cowed away. But the man had a different spirit. Next. He said, nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. The same is the city of David. Next. He said, and David said on that day, whosoever getteth up to the gutter and smited the Jebusites and the lame and the blind that are hated of David's soul, he shall be chief captain. Wherefore they said, the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. What does this mean? He said, whoever getteth up to the gutter. Somebody say the gutter. The gutter they are talking about here was a waterway that they discovered which was a secret way to get into the land of the Jebusites without them knowing. If you go by climbing the mountain, they'll see you, they'll stone you, they'll kill you, they'll finish you. That had always been their stronghold. But there was an alternative way. Somebody say an alternative way. And that alternative way was an uncomfortable way. It was through a gutter. It was dirty. It was probably smelling. It was not comfortable at all. If you are going to go against the traditions, if you are going to go against the norms, you must get out of your comfort zone. You must break out of your comfort zone. They had to go through the gutter. Endure the discomfort of sneaking through a gutter. A gutter is not a nice place to be. That's why you need to break out of your comfort zone. Next. So David dwelt in the fort and called the city of David. And David built round about from Milo and inwards. So he enlarged even the territory and made it a stronghold. Next. And David went on and grew great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. May you grow great. And may the Lord God of hosts be with you. He discovered an alternative. Most of the time, we discover the alternative way but because it is a gutter we just settle with the norm let's, let's just be there sometimes it takes hard work for you to be excellent for you to be an excellent student you sit up longer you burn the midnight oil those who you see that are excellent in ministry they put in preparation they pray they practice the and go. they practice so he has a studio there people have been there before they practice so what you see is a result of bearing discomfort they fast say fast now if you want to hear fasting no you become depressed food is a source of joy when you are depressed and you think about food it's like happiness just comes in their name <laughs> you just become happy but when you want to hit certain heights going to break certain norms fasting must be part of your life hallelujah he said this one will not go except by fasting and prayer he will not go sometimes that, that stronghold that, that thing that you have accepted in your, it could be some weakness it's like the land of the Jebusites you have lived with it it's like as for this one but, but there is a way there is a gutter through which you can pass and you can take back that stronghold i pray that god will enable you to take the strongholds back in the name of jesus still with the same man called david the day he went to watch his brothers he went to give food to his brothers on the battlefield 
That's my last point, and then we close. He got there and he saw this man called Goliath talking all sorts of things. It's like, ah. You know, before then, the man had been anointed, so his spirit was different from the rest. So everybody was seeing a problem, he was seeing an opportunity. That's what the anointing does to you. When everybody's seeing a problem, this one is a problem. You see, no, this is an opportunity. So he has what shall be done for the man. All these soldiers, none of them had had the presence of mind. All these, they are plenty soldier training and military discipline and blah, blah, blah. They were all just there shaking. Because there was nothing sitting upon their head. But because you are anointed, you have the spirit of David. He said, what shall be done for the man? They told him, okay, I am motivated. I am excited. And his brothers tried to, you know, the African thing. Hey, two no boy. You, you want to go and kill Goliath? What do you mean? We cry up. We, we look at me, macho man like me. I'm not even attempting to go to kill him. He realized that he was talking to the wrong people. In fact, these people don't even have the right or the ability to give me the right to go and fight him. So let me stop talking to them. They are killing my spirit. Sometimes you need to turn your back from some people. When you want to go far, when you want to break boundaries, when you want to break records, some people just discourage you. Ah, you too, just be humble. Be humble. So he turned to them, went to Saul, the king. He said, King, give me the chance now. I believe I can do it. Oh, look at him, small boy like you. Go and find. David was about 17 years then, teenager. Go and find somewhere to sit. What are you talking about? What have you done before? He said, I've killed a lion before. I've killed a bear before. And the same God who gave the lion to me, and the same God who gave the bear to me, is going to deliver this uncircumcised physics line into my hands. That is the spirit of somebody who will not settle for less. So I'm sure when you said that, okay, it works all up. Okay, all right. Lion. Sharp teeth. Hey. Strong animal. You killed him. Hey. And the bear too. Was it a big one or a small one? Suddenly so realized, no, this guy, okay, let's give him the chance. And Saul came and gave him his armor. That, okay, you to add to the protection. And you see, the Bible has stated already that in the whole of Israel, from shoulder upwards, there was no man like Saul. The man was a giant in his own right. So I can imagine that it was oversized. Too heavy for him, he couldn't walk. He said, King, I'm honored to wear your armor, but I beg this one day. If I take it, I go die first round. <laughs> With all due respect. Take your turn back. the reason why people are not doing exploits and are not reaching the heights and achieving the things they want to achieve is because they are fighting in somebody else's armor you are trying to be what you are not what david knew was how to use the sling was to be himself dressed in light clothes with a sling on his shoulders and his stones in his pocket that was what David knew. Sometimes you try to fight in somebody else's armor. You try to be who you are not. And you put yourself in a place of discomfort and you can't function. If you can just sit down and examine yourself and find your, your comfort zone where you are comfortable. You realize that exploits will just come like that. 
it's not everybody whose prowess is in academics it's not I, I keep saying that if I had my own way I would change the educational system we'll make it such that as somebody said the fishes will be judged by the ability to swim and the monkeys will be judged by the ability to climb trees if you judge a monkey by its ability to swim you will think the monkey is dumb but it's not it's just that you are using the wrong methods to assess him that is not his natural inclination hallelujah we have created this whole thing about academics so that if you don't reach a certain height in school it is a wrong mentality some people they assess in their creativity their hands sometimes i watch carpenters and things i'm like hey this thing if you give me i can't do and that is the ability people out of carpentry have made millions you know of bogus bogus furniture uh-huh. it's carpentry <laughs> i don't know if you heard of iroku another big time furniture company and if you want a good profession choose the one that jesus christ tried to learn carpentry but we create a situation where we limit ourselves we limit ourselves because we create wrong standards and everybody must toe that line if you are in medicine it's not compulsory that you go out and become a professor everybody has their path it's not compulsory that everybody must specialize you understand it's not compulsory i'm liberating some people in this place eh? <laughs> it's not compulsory. but we've created it as like a straight jacket everybody must go through so if you you are looking at it as if you are lazy it's as if you are not ambitious as if you are not smart everybody must go to this rigorous residency and this is it's not everybody that is meant for that too. <laughs> there are a lot of people who are depressed in their profession simply because they are making other people happy they are fighting in somebody's armor it's uncomfortable the armor is too heavy so they wake up in the morning and they don't even feel like waking up to go to work they're supposed to be doing something else there are people who have been to school seven years medical school and they have stopped and they are now doing fashion or doing something else and that is what is fetching them their daily bread the one who owns ns chemist he was a medical student though he stopped he got to a point he was like no 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 this thing is not this is not what i was no he just stopped one of our mates when we started medical school you know first day no you start dissection i don't know whether you people to go and catch the dead bodies this person when we got to the place hey you could see his face so I'm like no 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 i did a mistake <laughs> the next day it was time for dissection you see the trees basic sciences he was sitting there the whole time we call him sir. <laughs> after one week the guy went and did admin administration because father hey you have to be a doctor you have to be a doctor sir. you have to sit down and analyze yourself in life hallelujah some of you when you finish school no god will say full-time ministry go and do the work of god don't let anybody think because of that you are not serious in life 
other people who hold other things in high esteem will try and force you to live your life as if you hold those things in high esteem but you don't you have to follow the things that you hold in high esteem one gentleman came in was like his boss at the world was like you you you, you're not you're not serious you're not serious because he likes church things and it's not serious i'm like you that boss if he too he should judge you by his standards of what he considers a serious thing you the boss you'll be very very seriously unserious because even john 316 you can't quote in his world that is what is big the fact that you know the word of god the fact that you can share the word of god the fact that you are consistent in the things of the spirit that is his world but you are trying to judge him by your world and your standards don't allow anybody to put armor on you that is not meant for you don't allow it if you want true joy and happiness in life chart your own course follow what will make you happy yeah, no, this uh, hematology that I'm saying this year, I'm going to stop. Oh, they said, they said that and that. And you want to leave. And who will teach the people? And who will do this and this and this and this and this? And this and I've done some, haven't I? I've done some. I've been a doctor since 2006 till now. How many years? 13 years. I've done more than enough. So if now I want to concentrate on the work of ministry, which is what gives me happiness. When I'm preparing for a lecture or a presentation, I'm not as happy as when I'm preparing for a sermon. I'm excited. So, so don't allow anybody to, to put their armor on you. You go and you'll be defeated. And they now will criticize you. They'll force you, go and do this. Surgery, surgery, you go and you are cutting basa basa and doing, making mistakes. And they themselves will make you miserable on top. And so you must chart your own course. Hallelujah. And so Saul put the armor on him. He said, no, I don't want it. What I know is what I'm going to do. But you see, the real reason why the Israelites were afraid of the Philistines, you'll find it in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 19. 1 Samuel 13, 19. I've preached on this before, but it's revision. 1 Samuel 13, 19. He said, now there was no smith, blacksmith. Blacksmiths are people who work with metal. They make metal things swords things like that found throughout the land of israel why for the philistines said lest the hebrews make them swords or spears so some way somehow the philistines managed to create a situation where there were no blacksmiths in israel the bible doesn't tell us how they managed it but they managed to ensure that there were no blacksmiths in israel so what it meant was that the philistines had superior weapons they had metal weapons the israelites were probably using wooden swords and some jokes because there was no blacksmith who was going to do it for them there was no blacksmith so if you read further it meant that the few metal things that they had they needed to depend go into the the, the philistines area for them to be sharpened and like dependency on a foreign country some of us we have that mentality that unless you travel outside this country you will not make it may that mentality be taken out of your spirit in jesus name it's like I, I, and you see people will cross the border at morocco pass through deserts sun scorpions will bite them some will try swimming across icy waters and they will drown and then still people want to go and when you go to it's not like there's an apartment waiting for you 
you sleep in the streets cold weather uh, until you can do some illegal things and get some small money and get a place why would you want to do that it's all because of a mentality that the white man's land is the panacea to all our problems it's not whatever you need to succeed is here unless of course your destiny is linked to united states of america or britain or dubai or wherever some of you are receiving it <laughs> it's a good thing it's a good thing all i'm saying is that you shouldn't be caught in that web of having that mentality that unless you go out of the country you cannot make it there are people who have stayed here and have made it so you can also stay here and make it hallelujah in fact there's this guy a friend of mine a korean he had been fighting for Ghanaian citizenship for 17 years the day he got it he threw a party korea is a first worker a developed country he has come to a third world country and he's fighting for Ghanaian citizenship so when he got it he added kojo to his name see him korean like that not mixed blood at all pure korean he named himself joseph and kojo he named himself joseph because he said he was going to come into a foreign land like joseph went to the foreign land and prospered and as we are talking right now he's one of the biggest young businessmen around christian son of korean missionaries this is somebody who decided that he will reverse the tithing law instead of giving 10 percent and keeping 90 he went into a covenant with god that he'll give 90 and keep 10 and the way god has blessed him and to keep that covenant it meant at a point in time he had to take his children out of school and homeschool them because at the point in time the funds were not enough but he had a promise to god so he had to fulfill it meanwhile his 90 percent was going to sponsoring pastors children to international schools and things like that and his own children were being homeschooled and as we are speaking right now that guy owns businesses real estate communications this that that he's uh, he how many of you have eaten at basilisa before uh, he owns basilisa he owns the one close to the, the nominum or whatever the ice cream one the chillers you know the name don't pretend as if you're always in the spirit <laughs> he owns it there's a restaurant too called charlie Wati. Uh, he owns charlie Wati as well control 17 percent of mtn's market in ghana and now he has launched his own payment portal like how you have express pay i've forgotten the name they launched it just last year so every transaction you do through that part of it goes into his account ghana here fought for citizenship in 17 years you, you want to go to uh, what do you call it italy let me say it i say italy london Germany, amsterdam <laughs> eh? meanwhile you can stay here and make it so yeah but all the Israelites went down to the Philistine to sharpen every man his share and his culture and his act. They had become dependent. That inferiority complex was there. And it was the basis of the affair of the Philistine army. Because they knew the advantage of the Philistines was in their weaponry. And so the Philistines also decided to use their advantage by calling for a one-to-one -one combat. 
they knew they had a man a giant a freak of nature who was good with the weapons and he had superior weapons to anybody they could bring so so so, so they let the battle go in their favor they suggested it to favor them suggested it to favor them and they were taunting them bring a man because they knew there was nobody who physically could stand Goliath in terms of the weapons and all the information they gave about the weapons and the weight you think it was the Israelites who went and weighed his helmet Goliath please give me your sword let us wait let us you know want to put it in our history then you go there no 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 the Philistines put that information out there so that they will feel inferior and it will put fear in their hearts so they managed to get israel trembling they were afraid hey these people these people these people but you see it was a mentality of mediocrity and inferiority among the army that is why it took a man from outside the system called david with a different mentality altogether to come and solve the problem i pray that god will give you that kind of mentality when people are thinking in a particular direction you will come with a different mentality and a different spirit altogether when people are seeing impossibilities you say with god all things are possible it is possible it can be done so they were touting their strength meanwhile because the israelites were concentrating on the strength of the philistines they were not seeing their own strength that is what makes people feel inferior you feel inferior to somebody when you are concentrating on a person's strength the person may be more intelligent than you but you cook better than the person the person cooks and it's a bent offering all over the place like that but you also have a strength look at your strength there's no point in feeling inferior to anybody god has given everybody something so long as he has decided that you are a partaker of the 20 percent oxygen in the air it means he has put something in you that is worth taking that oxygen hallelujah don't don't look at people's strengths look at the strength admire it and thank god but don't look like a grasshopper in front of the person just because you are focusing on the person's strength so israel was focusing on the strength of the philistines and it was making them feel inferior they were afraid it had to take somebody with a different spirit and a different mentality to come and solve the problem israel had the solution but they didn't know i've told you before that i think the one most qualified to have fought goliath was saw himself one the man was a giant in his own right tallest man in israel so if a giant is coming and you too you are the head of the israelite army as the king you are the king of israel you too you are a giant so giant against giant it is a fair fight thirdly you see we have three things when it comes to military we have artillery we have what we call cavalry and then we have infantry cavalry is the horsemen they ride infantry are the foot soldiers like goliath the ones who fight sword to sword man to man shield and things like that. and then the artillery they stand far and throw arrows and throw slings so that they don't come near you so in this case the philistines advantage was in infantry man to man sword to sword they had superior swords and in terms of the physical stature of goliath they had the advantage so they intentionally took the thing to their advantage but israel's and you see the decisive factor against infantry in any battle is artillery 
you know if you go near they'll kill you so you stand far and throw your thing and kill them from there and israel had that because you see the tribe of benjamin had a certain culture of training people in sling throwing at a point they had like 700 benjaminites in their camp left-handed they said they could throw a sling and it will hit a hair, hairline like this to hit it that's how accurate they were the tribe of benjamin was known for that just like in ghana certain tribes are known for certain things you can cook wache better than somebody from the north you can do and do okro soup water region don't go there you will do whatever putting 10 gallons of okro the thing will not be like this thank you to my people Ghana. we they cook and well you understand so it's the same in israel the benjaminites had had the abilities slingshot and you it's like you grow up with that culture you grew up it's like it was part of them and Saul, on top of being the king and being a giant was from the tribe of benjamin nobody qualified but because he had the mentality of inferiority he was looking at the strength of goliath and the philistines instead of looking at the abilities that's why it took a man like david to come and solve the problem and the bible says i found my servant david and when my holy oil have I anointed him and today you are the david of your family when they are kotoing and bowing down to the goliaths in the family goliath is a type of satan and david is actually a type of christ jesus is even they call him the son of david when they are kotoing to the goliath i don't know what the goliath is divorce too much fighting poverty lack of progress goliath that is threatening the family you need a david in the family with a different mentality altogether after david defeated goliath he didn't pick his army from among the army because their mindset was wrong he went and picked frustrated people people who are equally agitated in their spirit people who want something new people who want to see some progress people who want to see some things break and and some chains break he took these frustrated people trained them and brought them together as an army and from then on their hand was upon the philistines i pray that god will give you a different spirit May you move out of the place of mediocrity and come to the place where excellence and progress is the order of the day. If David defeated Goliath, you can also defeat whatever Goliath there is in your family. In fact, the death and the resurrection of Christ was more or less a consolidation of what David did to Goliath. A lot of things that happened in the Old Testament are foreshadows. Why am I saying that? In Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, God made Satan a promise. He said, I'll put enmity between you, your seed, and the seed of the woman. He said, you shall bruise his heel, and he will crush your head, eventually. Goliath is a type of Satan. And where Jesus Christ was crucified, Golgotha, Golgotha is the place of the skull. Jewish rabbinical teachers actually have come to the conclusion that that place Golgotha was the place they buried the skull of Goliath even the word Golgotha seems to have some Goliath Gol, Golgotha because if you read the scripture it said David took it to Jerusalem it couldn't have been inside Jerusalem because at that time the Jebusites were still occupying it so it was the outskirts of Jerusalem just like how where Calvary, where Jesus was crucified, was in the outskirts of Jerusalem. So it was the same place. That's why they called it the place of the star. So it was just a repetition. Jesus walked upon the scar of Goliath 
a type of Satan bringing into fruition the promise like you will bruise his heel but at the end of the day he shall crush your head and so when he died and he came down from the cross it was an emphatic victory and an emphatic stamp of our victory over any Goliath in your life anything that stands as a mountain anything that stands to, to defy you anything that stands to to taunt you I pray that today that anointing to overcome the Goliaths in your life and your family will come upon you. I have found my servant David and with my holy oil have I anointed him. May the Lord activate the anointing, every dimension of the anointing that you need to break through in life. May he activate every anointing you need to break through every opposition. May he activate every anointing you need to climb onto the mountains, the strongholds and to break the gates and enter your high places stand to your feet you want to pray right now you want to ask god lord let the spirit of excellence come upon me i come against the spirit of mediocrity let there be a mindset change in my spirit right now in the name of jesus lift up your voice begin to pray invoke the spirit of excellence the spirit of excellence the spirit of excellence you have been sitting on too many gifts you have been sitting on too many abilities Come on, lift up your voice. 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 The spirit of excellence. The spirit of excellence. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For information on how you can receive more teachings from the man of God, reach us on 024 873 Stay blessed. Oh!